Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Galzo, Chronicles of the End Times. Thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate you taking out some time to give us a listen. And today I know you will be blessed because we have with us Lynn Cavanaugh, the author of Abundance of Grace, a powerful, amazing testimony of miracles and God's grace and God's love. Lynn, it's so great to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Russ. Um, I'm very excited to be here. You know, we're excited to have you. Um, reading this book, It's uh, you can't put it down. I mean, I started it, and I'm like, what is going on here? I just couldn't, like, <laughs> I had to keep reading it. Uh, this book is actually pages of your own life. I mean, uh, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking to myself, how difficult it must have been uh, to write a book like this. When did you realize that God was putting it in your heart to write this book? Well, about five years ago, my family went through a very difficult, challenging time. Um, I had been praying for my family for over 30 years for for healing, um, restoration. My husband was a heavy drinker and a, a workaholic. And um, about five years ago, he God did something amazing through a very difficult and trying time. I don't want to give it all away. It's in the book. But I watched him just totally do a miracle. And I know I had challenges in my life before that. And I thought, I need to put this story out there. There has to be people that need to hear this. Well, I tell you, after reading it, you're absolutely right. Um, Writing a book like this that is so personal um, must have been really almost traumatic to to go back and replay all this stuff in your mind and write it down. Uh, how did how did you go about that? How did you feel about that? Uh, it was really one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, I would pick up the book. I would start to write. There were things I wanted to leave out of it, but I felt in my spirit that if I left certain things out, you wouldn't get the full impact of why I was where I was at and what God has actually done. And I would start to write, and I would actually have to put the book down. I would feel sick. I would cry. I would have to leave it for a while and then come back to it. When you read this book and you see all that you went through, you were dropped off at psychiatric hospitals. You were there getting shock treatments. You know, you went to another uh, psychiatric hospital that was looked more like a dungeon, and you were left there by yourself. Yet through all this, God was able to minister to you, even though you're going back through all this again in your head, reliving this. By the Spirit of God, you were telling me that he was able to get in there and and do things, uh, all because, mostly because you allowed him to do it. Um, as I went through this, um, it was really one of the most therapeutic things I could have ever done. God actually took me through my past, showed me why things happen, why I suffered the way I did with anxiety or certain issues, and he began to peel back the layers of pain and just start this amazing healing, which is still in the process today, but it's just been, it's actually just blown my mind what he's actually done. I couldn't have had a better therapy session anywhere. I couldn't have paid for it. It was it was worth every minute I went through. It is amazing what God can do. And the Holy Spirit, thank God for his care and love for us. 
I mean, when you think about you went through abandonment, you were treated like there was something you were very different, that there was something really wrong with you. Uh, you were pushed to the outside. You had no support. You were left hanging out there by yourself. Um, all that for a young person is just like an amazing thing, amazing load to carry. When I look back and I go over it, I can only tell you that it had to be the grace of God. It was his strength because I was in this, I just kept pushing myself. I don't know where it came from. There were times when I really wanted to just throw in the towel. I I had no idea what I would do. And I would just get this feeling that I just had to keep going. And I just kept pushing. And I learned later on after it was God's providence, his provision, his his mercy and his grace that just kept driving me to keep going. You know, a lot of people don't realize that even though we're not walking with God and we're not saved, you know, that the providence of God, like you say, is there. He's watching over and he's caring. And the world would be nowhere without that mercy and without that grace. I mean, none of us would get to that place where we have that revelation in Jesus Christ without him guiding us. And you can see that so evident in the book, that God kept you, you know, and moved you forward. And your relationship with your mother, as described in the book, the readers will have many mixed emotions about it. And maybe some can can relate to, to, to this because there's so much brokenness going on in our country today. There's such a lack of true committed love, not only between married people, but between parents and their children and vice versa. You know, so that abandonment and that lack of love that you felt all those years had a traumatic effect on you. It definitely did. Um, My home was basically an emotionally dysfunctional home. Um, There wasn't any real love or affection shown. And um, on top of it, my mother told me or convinced me that this was a perfect family and there was probably better than most families. And I knew I didn't feel it. I knew something was wrong and I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was me. So I went on this this search down a road of rebellion to find love and affection any way that I could, Um, really not even knowing what I was looking for because I didn't know how to receive love or even really give love. Well, I think what you went through, a lot of people are going through right now. You see a whole generation with so many so many broken homes, dysfunctional homes, that they begin to look other places, unhealthy places for that. And without God coming in and, and doing what he does, you know, there's no hope. You know, and in your case, God had you in his sights. He was going to follow you down that road wherever you went. How did you eventually commit your life to Christ? What was that first moment when you knew that this was real? I was in the middle of my searching and running around trying to find whatever I thought I was looking for. When there was, it was in the late 60s, there were tent revivals going on um, a few towns over, and somebody approached me on a street and talked to me about Jesus. A Jesus I had never heard about before. I heard about Jesus, but not this Jesus. This was someone that really loved me and and wanted the best for me. And they had my interest. So I went to one of these services, and I was, I remember I was saved. I had this, just I felt like I came alive. 
There was a purpose for my life. There was a love I hadn't felt before. And it was just the beginning of a, a, a different world for me. During those late 60s, early 70s, that was there was so much of that Jesus movement going on, you know, and, and that's where, you know, I came out of as well. And it, we really kind of long and need that back, you know, those Definitely. moments, you know, where God was, was sweeping through and doing miraculous things because people today need miracles. And, and you experienced major miracles in your life. Just give us an overview of all the things you went through with David, your husband. Uh, and now he's alive and well today, correct? He's alive and well. He's serving the Lord. He is a completely transformed person. It's, it's something you have to have known him to see the transformation, to know how amazing it is. Something that I prayed for for so many years. I tried to manipulate. I tried to make happen. And God just did it. Um, and as many things as I have seen him do, the Lord do, it just blows my mind every time I think about it or when I see him do something else. And this all came about because God put it on your heart to begin to fast and pray. Uh, that's powerful stuff. So tell us, how did that come about? I was actually at the point where I just couldn't deal with my situation anymore. It had been a very long time. My kids were affected by it. My marriage was affected by it. My husband's health was deteriorating. And we were offered a challenge in church to fast and pray about situations where we needed a breakthrough. So I took the challenge and I I spent about a week or so just praying and seeking God and fasting. I had my children join. And then at the end of the week is when everything broke loose and God started to do what he did. It's so real when you feel, you know, God intervene in your life in that way. You know, and those of you who are listening, the power of prayer, fasting and prayer is a powerful tool. You know, we just can't walk around complaining and moaning and groaning about our situation. We need to be aggressive about it. We're aggressive about so many other things in life, but we need to be aggressive about, you know, fasting and prayer and Go after what God wants us to go after. Um, David nearly died or did die, right? For 12 that, minutes, right? yeah. For 12 right. minutes he was without oxygen. He was. They were going to pronounce him. Um, he had his own experience through that, which is also in the book. Um, and it's just amazing to look back and see what God's done. It's I can't even explain it other than just saying it's amazing. Well, I know that everybody that reads your book will be encouraged, challenged, and and see the faithfulness of God taking you from, you know, a childhood, you know, of horrors, really, and then a rebellious stage where you went every which way, but loose, and met this guy and married him, and your plan, your your worries weren't <laughs> over yet. No, I was just going deeper and deeper into the pot. <laughs> so David had been drinking for quite a long time. Uh, how long had he been an alcoholic? Well, we were married for thirty some years at this point, and he had been drinking heavily since he was a teen, a teenager, a young teenager. His his father at the time would just take him hunting, which meant he'd spend time in the bars from noon time on, and that's where he developed that habit. And he was drinking pretty heavily when I met him. Of course, I was really young and just doing my own thing, so I didn't think too much of it. But he never stopped. 
he just kept going, and he kept getting worse and worse. It just over, it just took over every area of his life. So you kept praying for him year after year after year. I mean, how long was that exactly? It's going on close to thirty-three years, thirty-two years. It was a long time, um, and that scares some people. And not every time takes that long. But there were times I wanted to give up, and every time I got to that point, I would just he'd come back and he'd be different or try to change or God would put on my heart, no. I mean, I know people that knew me that thought, you're crazy. Why don't you just get out of there? But every time I attempted to, I just felt this strong, strong urge that I had to stay. And if I hadn't, I don't think we would have seen this. No, no. And not only that, but your children would not be where they are today. And they are they are a blessing. God just covered them completely the whole time because they could have gone any way with what they lived through. But God, honestly, they're both believing in the Lord, serving the Lord, well-adjusted, and that in itself is a miracle. Yes, that that's great. <laughs> so I know that you are involved in church work, you're involved with talking to people, and you're involved in ministry at different levels. You know, looking at what everything you've gone through and looking at the world as it is right now, what would you like to share with the audience, and what do you hope the book will accomplish? Well, what I hope that my book will show them and what I would like to share with them is there's just no end to God's amazing love. Um, There's no depth he won't go to to reach someone. Um, As I found out, you can't outrun him because he's always there. He's always chasing us down. He won't let, he doesn't let us go. Um, Unfortunately, I think that the world has so much religion has crept into the gospel and what Jesus has actually done for us that it's it's a shame because he wants to bless his people. He has so much he's provided for us. And all he asks is that we just give him our attention, our time, and our love. Amen to that. You know, in this world, there's a lot of misunderstood people. And I think Jesus Christ is at the top of the list. Uh, no one is more misunderstood than Jesus And it's a shame because all the answers are in the book. If people would just take the time to ask and cry out to God and look to the Bible, they would find out how much he loves them and how much he wants to bless them. Everybody always likes to ask authors, you know, what their habits are, how they write, you know, sometimes it helps other people, uh, you know, compare how they're doing. Um, Did you write every day when you were writing this book? No, I didn't. I um, I work full-time, so um, I have five grandchildren, and I'm busy on weekends, so I would just pick the time. If we were slow at work, I would throw some together. I would work in the evenings. When it got closer to pulling everything together, I spent my weekends working on it. Overall, start to finish, how long did it take you to, to write the book? I'd have to say about two years. You know, it's funny. You spend all this time uh, writing a book, And uh, then people, you know, they buy it, they like it, thank God for that. Uh, But then, you know, they read it in a day or two, you know, and then they say, you know, when's the next one coming out, which is exciting. But um, most people don't realize the amount of energy it takes to write a book. Uh, And in your case, I imagine it was uh, multiplied because it can be very draining. Very draining feeling. Um, I couldn't even pick it up for a few days. You know, I'd be writing and I'd have to leave it, and I was exhausted. I'd have to get enough energy to come back and start it. And the funny thing is, I never really considered myself a writer, and I wasn't sure how it was going to come out, how it would flow. 
But once I would start writing, it would just flow. It just came. It's beautiful the way the Holy Spirit works, isn't it? It's just how he flows through us and allows God to just move through us. It's just such a blessing. I love the way you laid it out, the way you started with the present, and then you know, flashbacks to the past. Uh, it's just awesome. And it really uh, holds your interest and captures you. So, Lynn, thank you so much for being with us today. It's such a pleasure. Thank you, Russ. What an amazing book. It will build you up. It will strengthen you. You will know without any shadow of a doubt that God is faithful and he loves us right to the end. That's Abundance of Grace by Lynn Cavanaugh. Don't miss out on it. Until next time, this is Russ Galsman Chronicles of the End Times. Keep looking up. The King is coming. And it's